Hello and welcome to ZF1 Amateur Podcast hosted by me, Humura Ruth. Now, every time a Formula One race happens, be sure to check this podcast out because I always cover it in literally real time. Well, this time around, I'm taking you through the Hungarian Grand Prix that just happened at the Hungaroring circuit in Budapest, Hungary. Now, it's the 36th Hungarian Grand Prix that we've had since 1986 when the race became a round of the FIA Formula One World Championship. But before that, we've been having motorsport racing events happening in Hungary since 1936. Now, it's the second hardest track to overtake in Formula One. Literally, it is that hard. And uh, the driver with the most wins here is Lewis Hamilton. He has eight wins here and... Um, We'll see whether he won this race around. Circuit length, if you're interested, it's 4.381 kilometers. And if you prefer miles, it's 2.7 miles. 70 laps over a distance of 4.381 kilometers, as we say before. Two DRS zones and 127 miles per hour top speed. You have 14 tons and... Um, one of the turns has a DRS zone and the other, yes, I think one, I think it's turn one where there's DRS zone. I'm not sure where, this, where the second DRS zone is. And this time around for the race, we use the tires, the C4, C3 and C2. But before we get into the race, I thought we should look at how qualifying went. And before we actually look at qualifying... <laughs> Here is a quick reminder. If you love Formula E, which is the electric version of Formula One basically to me, then be sure to check out my podcast called Z Formula E Podcast. Again, it's called Z Formula E Podcast. And you can find it on your favorite podcasting player. You could also check out my other podcast, which is dedicated to sharing the beauty of Uganda with the rest of the world. That one is called Z Humor Show Podcast. Again, it's called Z Humor Show Podcast. All right, let's go. Let's go back to Formula One. Welcome back from that short break. Now, here's how qualifying went for the Hungarian Grand Prix 2021. On pole position was Lewis Hamilton. Bear in mind, his, this is um, his 101 pole position and uh, his eighth pole position here in Hungary. Second place, Valtteri Bottas. Third place, Max Verstappen. Fourth place, Sergio Perez. Fifth place, Pierre Gasly. Sixth place, Lando Norris. Seventh place, Charles Leclerc. 8th place, Esteban Ocon. 9th place, Fernando Alonso. 10th place, Sebastian Vettel. 11th place, Daniel Ricciardo. 12th was Lance Stroll. 13th, Kimi Raikkonen. 14th, Antonio Giovinazzi. 15th, Carlos Sainz Jr. In 16th was Yuki Tsunoda. 17th was George Russell. 18th was Nicolas Latifi. 19th was Nikita Mazupin. And 20th was Mick Schumacher. Mick Schumacher came 20th because he had no time. He did not essentially participate in the qualifying session because he had crashed his car in the FP, the earlier practice session that we had had that day. So he was not able to record any time. It's also important to remember that it was the first time this season that George Russell was knocked out in Q1. And... Um, Moving on to Q2, with 6 minutes and 50 seconds left on the clock, Carlos Sainz was in the barriers. At the moment, he was running 14th, and then he ended up in the barriers. That's when he got the yellow flag and then the red flag, because the station was stopped. One of the reasons he was in the barriers is because um, his start temperatures had gone way too hot, and uh, Hungary is quite windy. At least for the qualifying session, it was quite windy. Now, um, yeah, that's pretty much what happened in qualifying. I don't know whether you were impressed or not impressed. Now, let's get to the race itself. 
Now, did you know that Red Bull had to change max power unit ahead of the Hungarian Grand Prix? Did you know this is also the 11th round of racing this season in Formula 1 before we take our summer break? Did you also know that this time around for the Hungarian Grand Prix, the spectators were encouraged to use public transportation in order for Hungary to lower their carbon emissions by 80%? That's some interesting facts here. I was really, really touched and impressed by the fact that a lot of people were encouraged to use public transportation to lower carbon emissions. I think uh, sustainable mobility is something that we should be paying attention to because we don't get another planet Earth and we can still combat climate change. We can do something in regards to climate change. You, if you don't have an electric vehicle, you can't afford an electric vehicle, you can do simpler things like maybe talk about, you know, climate change, you know, um, lobby people to talk about it recycle encourage other people to recycle because um we have been dumping a lot of uh, um waste material that can be really taken up by our, by our planet so recycling helps a lot cycling to work helps a lot lowering your carbon emissions be it maybe say opting to use a bus as many people of course doing it safely within the covid restrictions of your country and um Instead of, you know, maybe taking individual cars that helps lower the carbon emissions because the transportation sector contributes greatly to, you know, polluting our Earth, our planet Earth. Anyway, another interesting thing that happened this time around. Um, did I mention that there were so many fans, like the grandstands were filled. In fact, I was looking for tickets and they were sold out. So it was a pretty packed Grand Prix this time around. And it's really nice to see Formula One come back. It's been such a long time. Also this time around, joining um, Croft in the commentary box was Nico Rosberg. And I have to say, I loved his commentary. First of all, he has been racing. Um... He's a race car driver. Is he still? No, he doesn't race anymore, but he was racing in Formula One. He was, you know, in a tight competition with Lewis Hamilton, which is some, which is something we're seeing again, but this time with Max Verstappen. And he has a great deal of knowledge to offer without actually holding himself back. He's quite blunt, I should say. So it was really interesting having him in the commentary box. Anyway, let's get to what happened in the race. Now... I don't know how you'll take this. The Silverstone, the British Grand Prix was very, very dramatic. And um, if you didn't watch the Silver, the British Grand Prix, or if you would like to listen or, you know, get to know what happened at the British Grand Prix, it's quite easy. Just subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review. You don't have to leave a review, but leaving a review greatly helps. But subscribe to the podcast and go through the podcast episodes. You'll be able to find my podcast on the British Grand Prix. Now, we had left the British British Grand Prix about two weeks ago, nine week, nine days, I think. Um, and literally the very first lap of the race, not, I don't know why I use the word literally, but on the first lap of the race, we got to see a racing incident between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, which saw Max Verstappen leave the race and Lewis Hamilton go on to win the British Grand Prix and go on to gain more points ahead in the championship, ahead um well, he wasn't ahead of Max Verstappen then, but it placed him quite close to Max Verstappen. And naturally, uh, our Max fans were pissed at Lewis Hamilton, and Lewis Hamilton's fans were pissed off at Max Verstappen fans. Now, that depends on where you were seeing, you know, the fan interactions, because different parts of social media have different people reacting differently to what happened in the race. But it was quite intense. I talked about it in the previous podcast, and we saw a lot happening in the following weeks, you know, um... 
and I don't want to re-echo what happened, but coming to the Hungarian Grand Prix, we did feel the tension. And I think I read somewhere when Lewis Hamilton said that, you know, I think it was, I don't know whether it was qualifying, when he qualified on pole or during practice, when when he was doing really well. And I think he got a bit of booing from some of probably the Red Bull fans and probably, I'm not sure whether the Red Bull fans, but, and he was like, he said something along the lines of, I've never felt more met, more motivated by the booing. It just fuels me up. So it just, it got, it got us nervous. It got me nervous as well to watch the race because I didn't know what was going to happen. And well, for starters, qualifying, Lewis qualifying on Paul Bottas between him and Max, it felt like, okay, we won't see the very tight racing like we saw in lap one in Silverstone, but we will see a bit of racing. But it, let me just say, put, it made me nervous and excited at the same time. I was excited to see competition. I was nervous to see competition as well because I didn't want to literally relieve the aftermath of the British Grand Prix. When drivers really race, it's exciting. But what happened after the British Grand Prix? Well, part of it was not exciting. Um, oh, God. I think that's why I love racing. It just it gives you those highs. It gives you those lows. So like what happened lap one at Silverstone, not exactly like what happened, but, you know, we did get an incident in the first lap at uh, the Hungarian Grand Prix. Now, lap one, Lewis is on the front row. Beside him is Valtteri Bottas. Second row, we have Max Verstappen behind Lewis and Sergio Perez in fourth behind Valtteri Bottas. Third row, we have Gasly in fifth behind Max and Lando Norris in sixth behind Pierre, I mean Sergio Perez. And in the fourth row, we have Charles Leclerc in seventh and Esteban Ocon in eighth. And somehow when the race began, Lewis took off well, but there was a bit of a lockup with Valtteri Bottas and, um, it caused a sort of a dominoes effect because when he locked up, he got he uh, touched another car and that car touched another car and that car touched another car and that it just sort of created you know some sort of like dominoes effect. I don't know why they call it dominoes effect, but yeah, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of drivers were affected. Uh, Max and Lando touched each other, and I think that's when someone said that another British driver touching Max Verstappen in a race. But yes, Max and Lando touched each other. Lando ended up dropping position. Max, who had started that, had now dropped down to ninth place. Lando also touched a Ferrari. Like I said, it was like a dominoes effect. The start of the race, Lewis bolts away quick, very fast. He's away. He's cleared, and Valtteri, I think, locks up. But you know how races start. Lewis is on the right. Valtteri is in, you know, second, and uh, um. Another driver is coming out, on, I think, on the outside of Valtteri Bottas or something. And then there's just this, you know, collusion. And, and I think from the start of the race, you go down a, some sort of slope. So it was just very easy for all the cars to kind of touch after one driver made a mistake. So we ended up having six drivers out of the race because of that effect. I don't know how you saw it, but that's how I saw it. So Bottas was out of the race. Leclerc at this point was you know, had to quit the race because he was in the barrier. Bottas was also on the gravel. Checo was out of the race. Lance was out of the race. It was just... Let me just say, this is what Netflix Drive to Survive would live for because it's very entertaining. But this is what the drivers hate totally. But that's what happened. So we got a safety car. We got a a yellow flag. And, and I think upon that time, Lewis came on the radio and he was like, oh my God, there's so much debris, you know, everywhere. Because I think he had made it around and he was coming back to that area where they had crashed. And then we got the red flag. And uh, as I think they were making their way back to the pits, Max, Max's engineer comes in and tells him, Max, we have lost the barge board. And Max is like, the whole thing? 
and I think the engineer farms. But you know, I don't understand what the bash board is, but it didn't make sense to me. All I know is when that's when we started to see the that the wars and the troubles that Max Verstappen faced in the race. So at the moment it was Lewis Hamilton leading the race. He had qualified first. Esteban Ocon was second under the safety car. Uh, race restart now we're looking at the safety car race restart how they were going to start under the safety car it was lewis who had qualified first he was still first esteban ocon was second and he had qualified eighth sebastian vettel was third now he had qualified 10th carlos Sainz jr was fourth now he had qualified 15th yuki sunoda was fifth now he had qualified 16th Nicolas Latifi, for the very first time in his F1 career, was in the points. He was now 6th. He had qualified 18th. Fernando Alonso was 7th. He had qualified 9th. George Russell was 8th. He had qualified 17th. Kimi Raikkonen was now 9th. He had qualified 13th. Mick Schumacher was now 10th. He had qualified 20th. Pierre Gasly was now 11th. He had qualified 5th. I don't understand how he dodged and survived that, you know, that cold dominoes effect. Daniel Ricciardo, who had qualified 11th, was now 12th. Max Verstappen, who had qualified 3rd, was now 13th. Nikita Mazepin, who had qualified 14th, was now 19th. Lando Norris, who had qualified 15th, was now 6th. Gio Antonio Giovinazzi, who had qualified 14th, was now 16th. Sergio Perez, who had qualified 4th, was out of the race. Um, But, you know, on the race board he was now 17th lance stroll who had qualified 12th was now 18th charlotte claire who had qualified 7th was now 19th Bottas who had qualified 2nd was now 20th so that's how they were meant to start the race under the race restart under the safety car now at under the red flag i have to say the red flag lasted for a while it lasted for i think 20 minutes so about 30 minutes i should say because before then we weren't really racing it was you know cars making their way to the pit stops and all to the pit lane sorry and all that and under the red flag mugs had to have his car fixed because he had damaged a lot london norris the mclaren driver who had been scoring scoring every points every race also had to have his car fixed under the red flag. But unfortunately, we got to know later on during the red flag session that Landon Norris was not able to come back to the race because he had damaged his car beyond repair. Now, around that time, I Perez, Sergio Perez, I think, did a, a short interview with uh, a Sky Sports F1 comment, a Sky Sports F1 presenter, I believe. I'm not sure. But what stood out for me is that uh, he talked about how Bottas made a mistake and took out everyone. And then he was asked whether his engine was okay. And he said uh, he's, he had lost the engine on his car. And it just reminded me of, you know, how much Red Bull has had to spend this season. Remember, after we left Silverstone, uh, Red Bull first said, you know, they had the, the damage on Marcus's car was going to cost them, I think, 700,000 uh, uh, pounds or euros, I'm not sure. And then it increased to 1.8 million um, pounds, I think. I'm not sure of the currency, either pounds or euros. Either way, it's still very expensive. And now Sergio Perez had lost the engine in his car as well. So they have been really in a tight spot and you know, it has been such a piss off, especially, I don't know whether it made it worse, the fact that, you know, the whole thing was, uh, I still, I'm not sure who orchestrated everything, orchestrated everything, but everyone was talking about how Bottas had a lockup and that affected everyone, but I think it really had Red Bull more, because again, it was Mercedes, you know, at the bottom, at the core of all this, 
cost of all this spending of all this point loss because i think no driver wants to ever quit a race like that although for the fans it could be quite interesting anyway now and then at the point we go to know that the turn one incident because it happened on turn one at the start of the race was under investigation now we go to race restart i told you how the drivers were standing at the moment and at this particular point the track was drying now as the drivers went around during the formation lap george russell comes on radio and he's like at this rate everyone is going to box and of course, somehow it's, it's as though everyone was listening to what George Russell was saying. Everyone started boxing. Ocon boxed, Steins boxed, Max boxed, Yuki Sunoda boxed, Sunoda, um, Gasly boxed, so did George Russell, except for Lewis Hamilton. He was the only driver not to go to the pits. Now, what happened? I have never seen a race like this in F1. Under the race restart, it was only Lewis Hamilton on the grid. He was the only one on the grid with a safety car behind him. All the other drivers were lined up in the pits. So what happened was that uh, the, the lights had to go out. It's lights out and away we go. The lights had to go out. Lewis had to go fast. And then he, made the, uh, he makes his way past the pit lane because he didn't go to the pit lane. But the moment he passes the pit lane, all the other drivers could now come out of the pit lane and join him on the race. It's the very first time I'd ever seen that, you know, a race restart with only one driver on the grid and all the other drivers in the pit lane. That was quite beautiful to watch. Um, so Lewis did not pit and that was his first mistake because he needed to have done it. So the race restarts, we're in lap four, I believe. And all the other drivers come out of the pits. After it slides out, Lewis goes. Then all the other drivers come out of the pits and... They start catching up to Lewis Hamilton. Lap four, it's Lewis leading the race. Russell is now second. Third is Esteban Ocon. Fourth is Veto. Fifth, Latifi. Sixth, Sunoda. Seventh, Sainz. Eighth, Alonso. Ninth, Kimi. And tenth, Daniel Ricciardo. But he's into, uh, you know, a lap, not even finishing a full lap. And he realizes he has to pit because the conditions, the conditions I believe, had changed on the track. And the tires he had on weren't favoring him. Just like George Russell had said. So now lap five, he, Lewis decides to pit. And by lap five, it's Ocon leading the race. Vettel second, Latifi third. Sunoda had moved, was now fourth. Um, Sainz fifth. Alec Alonso, sorry, sixth. Russell seventh. Kimi Raikkonen eighth. Um, ninth was Ricardo. Tenth was Schumacher. Eleventh was Max. Twelfth, Gasly. Thirteenth, Giovinazzi. And then Hamilton came out of the pits in 14th place. And what happened? Well, something interesting happened thereafter. Lewis Hamilton comes on radio and he's like, "Am I last?" And his engineer tells him, "Yes, you are last," because he was running in fourteenth. Remember, six drivers were out of the race at this point because they had that collision that we talked about, turn one, lap one, and Lewis is the last, and he is so surprised. It's like I have. He's like, "Oh my god, I never knew this could be," but we have seen it in Azerbaijan, Baku. Um, and so around that time, Nikita Mazepin has to retire his car because of an incident that happened in the pit lane. Kimi Raikkonen was released into Nikita Mazepin's path and then they ended up crashing. So Nikita had to um, retire the car. I don't know whether it was um, the fault of Kimi Raikkonen or the fault of, you know, um, the person who tells, you know, that person who always stands outside the pit lane and calls the car to come out. You know, every team has that person, you know, who directs the car to come out. Whether it was that person's fault or it was Kimi Raikkonen's fault. All I know, they did get, uh, you know, collide into each other in the pit lane and that caused Nikita Mazepin his race. Now, Lewis also comes on, Lewis's engineer, Bono, comes on the radio and tells him, that you know what, Lewis, Max still has damage. You're going to be the fastest man easily.
Lab 7, Kimi Raikkonen and Nikita Mazepin are placed under investigation. Lap 10, Lewis Hamilton manages to make it past Antonio Giovinazzi. So Lewis is now 13th with Giovinazzi 14th. Meanwhile, Schumacher in 10th place is holding up Max Verstappen in 11th place pretty nicely. I mean, for a while there, Max could not get ahead of Mick Schumacher. That was quite impressive. And behind Max was Gasly in 12th, Lewis 13th and Giovinazzi 14th. Then we're also told around that time that um, Antonio Giovinazzi had received a 10-second stop-and-goal penalty for speeding into the pit lane. Lap 14, Max is still fighting his way to uh, fighting, you know, to go around Mick Schumacher. And I have to say, this is when I really saw Mick Schumacher, uh, um, you know, put on a fight. There's something about when when a team or when a driver is in a car that's not winning and they're constantly at the bottom. It almost feels as though. They are not competitive. It's easy to judge them as well being competitive because, you know, you rarely see them fight for places. I mean, when you think of Haas, they have been fighting. They, they haven't fought for points. They haven't fought, you know, even to come up to 15th to meet. That's what it looks like. Or maybe I just don't pay too much attention there. But they've been really... You literally, it's always between the drivers, you know, fighting that one driver fighting for 19th, the other fighting for 20th, or, you know, fighting to finish maybe 17th and the other 18th because, you know, you've had two DNFs or three DNFs. But... This time around, Mick Schumacher put on an impressive performance trying to push, you know, to keep Max Verstappen at the back. And there was a point when they, honestly, they touched each other. The two cars, the Red Bull and uh, the Haas car, they did touch just gently. And it wasn't of, you know, consequence. It didn't affect either of them badly. Anyway, lap 16, Kim Raikkonen is given a 10-second penalty for an unsafe release in the pit lane. And then on lap 16, Kimi Raikkonen, who's in 13th, pits and serves a penalty. It, it it took long. It felt like a, it felt like centuries when he was in the pits. Anyway, he came out 14th, and essentially that was the last place on the grid. Because remember, six drivers were now out of the race. And there was Perez, Bottas, Leclerc, Sh uh, Stroll, and um, who am I forgetting? Who else was out of the race? Lando Norris. Now, lap 18, Lewis is on radio and he's saying, I don't really know what to say, guys. I can't get close to these people. And what he was referring to or trying to communicate was the fact that he had been trying so desperately to make more overtakes because he had just only overtaken Antonio Giovinazzi and he really, really wanted to, t to overtake, I think, Pierre Gasly in 12th, but he just was not being able to overtake. And bear in mind, this is one of the second hardest tracks to overtake in Formula 1. I think it's dubbed Monaco without walls, so you know how hard it is. Um, I, I don't know. Everyone loves the Monaco Grand Prix. I love it. I think why I love the Monaco Grand Prix is because it's in Monaco. You know, Monaco is glamorous. It, you know, the, the harbour side is beautiful and all that. But it's very difficult to make up places in Monaco. Now, Hungary is the same, only that it doesn't have walls and... It's a purpose-built circuit. And if you know me, you know I love purpose-built circuits. I live for purpose-built circuits. They're always exciting to race on. And there's always room for uh, um, for overtaking to me. And rooms room for error in a safe environment, I should say. Because if you were to crash in Monaco, that could be deadly. If other cars are coming, they could, you know, you could get a very bad collusion. But if you are crashing in... Not that I want drivers to crash. But if you are into a barrier... On a purpose-built circuit, there's, it's more safer to me because there's more room for other drivers to pass and not exactly get into contact with you. But 
as much as the hangara ring which is a hard word to say the hangara ring is quite difficult to overtake on it's not very impossible if you're very talented good drivers we shall see later on but yeah it was really really hard he was the fastest car he had you know fresh tires he had pitted a while ago and uh it's Lewis Hamilton, but he was still finding it pretty, pretty hard to overtake. Now, lap 20, Lewis was in 11th now. Pitson comes out 12th. And uh, bear in mind, I had not said this before, but he had been setting the fastest laps, laps of the race. So he was setting the fastest laps of the race. He was, you know, literally the fastest car, the fastest man on the grid. But he still wasn't being able to overtake um, the other drivers. That's how hard the hangar ring is. And... In qualifying, we saw it being hot and, you know, really dry and, you know, tire temperatures going really high and people having to survive the heat. And now race day, we had seen it rain and it being, you know, a, start, a wet race at the start and, you know, kind of drying up towards the end. So it was a tricky race, I should say. Now, lap 21, Daniel Ricciardo, who is 8th, decides to pit. He comes out 11th. Max, who is 10, pits and comes out 12th. Now, that worked out perfectly for Lewis Hamilton because then he moved up um, and he ended, he moved up a place and found himself in 10th. What happened is that we talked about Lewis Hamilton pitting on lap 20. So, he pits, comes out, and he's behind, you know, uh, Max and Ricardo. Now, when Ricardo and Max pit, I don't know if they had realized this, I feel like Red Bull was responding to Mark, to Lewis pitting. A lot of the times, different teams are always responding to what Lewis is doing, and as we shall see later on. But I think sometimes it's um you're supposed to, I don't know, do what you what you do, you know, do what you're good at. I don't know, do something really good instead of responding to him, or to responding to the Mercedes team because hands down they have always have the best strategies and they're a really great team. But always responding to them can be really tricky, as we will see. So Lewis had pitted lap twenty, and as he's going around the circuit, you know, he's making a lap. Max, they decide to beat Max, they decide to beat Ricardo. I don't know whether they thought that they would get out of the pits before Lewis catches up to them, but it definitely did not work because by the time Ricardo is getting out of the pits and Max behind him, and Max behind him, uh, Lewis had already reached you know the end of the pit lane and he was he managed to get out ahead of Max, he managed to get out ahead of Daniel Ricardo, so Lewis was now 10th. Um, lab 22, Carlos Sainz is told to box. He was in fifth at the moment and he says he refuses to box because he believes he has a lot of pace. That was pretty bold of him. And then lab 23, George Russell was, I think, running in seventh, decides to pit and he comes out 10th, leaving Lewis ninth place. So I think before I race, you also have to think of, I know this, I know every team thinks of this, but your race strategy when you're going to pit should always be sport on and you can't always have you know a strategy that's fixed in concrete it always has to change because different circumstances always occur and different conditions always happen and races change all the time you know they change all the time lewis pitting and lap 20 was very genius it gave him room to overtake max and ricardo and now it gave him room to overtake george russell for ninth place now, Carlos engineers, his engineer comes in radio and tells him, okay, now push. And Carlos is like, vamos! <laughs> I have to say, I really loved watching Carlos this race because he was very chatty. He had a lot to say. And he wasn't bad at all. It was very entertaining. Usually, drivers are, you know, focused. And sometimes they say, they tell their race engineers, you know, keep quiet. Let me focus. Or they just want to, you know, keep it, you know, quiet and racing. But he was quite interesting. Um... Lap 29, another interesting incident happens. Lewis Hamilton comes on radio and he's like, 
are we on lap 40 or something? And then his race engineer tells him, no, Lewis, it's the number of laps left. And we've, and it almost sounds as though Lewis Hamilton was really tired. I think what happened is that he looked at his dashboard and I think it said something like 40. And I think he thought those are the number of laps he had covered. But it actually meant that those are the number of laps left. And I understand the drivers were pretty tired. I think it can be really, really exhausting being in such a race. You know, you begin the race and uh, you lose positions or you gain positions and... When you have a championship, you know, online, it also affects you more. And then you have to get a red flag and then get back into the race and do a race restart. And you had made mistakes with your pit stop. You just really, really get tired. That's what I think. Now, around that time as well, Fernando Alonso comes on radio and tells us that the sky is getting black. And I thought it was going to rain again. But his engineer tells him that nothing has been detected on the dashboard. Now, lap 30, it was all corn in first place. Sebastian Vettel second. Carlos Sainz third, Fernando Alonso fourth, Pierre Gasly fifth, Yuki Tsunoda sixth, Lewis Hamilton in seventh, Nicholas, Nicholas Latifi eighth, Mick Schumacher ninth, tenth was George Russell eleventh, Daniel Ricciardo twelfth, Max Verstappen thirteenth, Kimi Raikkonen fourteenth, Antonio Giovinazzi. Out of the race was Mazepin, Norris, Perez, Stroll, Bottas, and Leclerc. <laughs> Now, lap 32, Lewis was now up to fifth place. Lewis was now up into fifth place because he had finally managed to overtake Yuki Tsunoda and Nicolas Latifi. Now, lap 33, Carlos Sainz was third, decides to pit. Eventually, he gives in on pits because his tires are out and he comes, he comes out fourth. Lap 34, race leader Ocon decides to pit and he comes out second, leaving his teammate Fernando Alonso leading the race with Sebastian Vettel behind him in third, Carlos Sainz in fourth, Lewis Hamilton in fifth. Lap 39, Lewis comes on radio complaining about his tires, but that's nothing to worry about. If anything, I would not, I would pay attention to what Mercedes say on radio, but I'll take the opposite literally. Lap 40, Alonso, who is now running in first place, decides to pit and he comes out fifth. That gives Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton an opportunity to gain places. So it's Ocon leading the race, Vettel second, Sainz third, and Lewis fourth. Now, Max, who is in 11th place, has damage and declares it on radio that he does have damage on this car, on his car. I have to say, this wasn't particularly the best race for Max Verstappen. But I also think that, you know, um, I don't know whether I, where I heard this from, probably from a movie, but how you react, you know, in different um, situations and circumstances says a lot about you. I know Max was not obviously feeling very great. He was that he could have, you know, you know, had the opportunity to win the race, to gain more points. But this time around, he was, I didn't feel like he, I didn't feel his anger on radio. I didn't feel him shouting or screaming on radio. I think that's, you know, getting to a very more mature Max. He wasn't, you know, yelling or shouting as we'll see another driver do later on. And, um, wasn't the best race for him but you know what what daniel ricard once said uh somebody's bad race is another person's great race so that's that's racing for you now lab 41 carlos Sainz tells his team to watch out for mercedes because they may pit again as i said carlos Sainz was really chatty this race and i loved it because it looked like there was so much going on for him he was racing but he was very aware of what happening and he had you know suggestions to make in regards to what's happening around him Anyway, also lap 41, Max Verstappen decides to pit. He was in 11th, remember? 
and it comes out 12. Now, lab 43, Carlos Sainz Jr. comes on radio telling us, you know, that they should get the helicopter out of the way because it's creating turbulence. Like I said, Carlos Sainz had a lot to say during this race. It was, he was racing, but he was having a good time during the race. And I think that's really nice. If, yeah, I know every other driver can't do that because racing is racing and racing is hard. But I loved this version of Carlos Sainz. You know, I loved it. Lab 44, Carlos again comes on and tells us, yeah, I have a feeling Luis is going to box again. Like he just had a lot to say and I loved it. Lap 45, Lewis says something along that he has got the second wind. I don't know what the second wind is. I really didn't understand that, but yes, he says that. Anyway, lap 48, Lewis, who's fourth, fits and comes out fifth behind Alonso, who is fourth, signs in third, Vettel second, and Ocon number one. And immediately he comes out of the pits a few seconds later on. His engineer comes in and tells him, Okay, Lewis heads down, hammer time all the way. And you know, for, one, for what's worth, Carlos Sainz had already warned us, not once, but twice. He had even warned us of the turbulence being caused by the helicopter. So really, um, he was seeing the future before we even lived it. Lap 49, Gasly's engineer comes on radio and tells him, driver swap in turn one, meaning that... Um, Gasly, who was 7th, had to swap positions with Yuki Tsunoda, who was 6th, and they actually do swap places. So, um, lap 50, it's Gasly in 6th, Tsunoda in 7th. Lap 50, Lewis comes on radio and he's like, I'm in 4th place still. And then his engineer is like, no, P5, you have 4 cars to overtake. And he, I don't know, I feel like he had a lot of um, thoughts going on in his head. I don't know how hard or how easy it is um, to, you know be at the bottom of the race and then make your way up the grid but he definitely handled it well in fact total wolf comes in and tells him lewis you can win this lap 53 ricardo is in 10th place behind george russell and he has been in that place for 20 laps in fact i think mclaren were thinking of pitting him in order for him i don't know maybe to get fresher tires to overtake him to overtake russell but it had been he had been in that place for too long. And, and, and I don't know. I love Daniel Ricciardo. Everyone knows I love every driver in Formula 1. But I think... Oh, my God. I don't know what's happening with Daniel Ricciardo in that in that McLaren. But if it was Lando Norris there, I'm pretty sure Lando would have made up places by now. So, but what do I know anyway? Lap 55, Yuki Tsunoda, who is in 7th, comes on radio complaining. And I say complaining because he was complaining and swearing at the same time about how Pierre Gasly, who is in 6th ahead of him, is going slow. But I love what his engineer tells him. His engineer tells him, keep your head down. We see everything here. Um, I think, uh, I think I don't know whether it was Jensen Button or someone who said that Yuki Tsunoda is going to have to learn to, you know, to, to, I think he's going to have to learn to think before he speaks. Sometimes he comes off really rude. And for a young uh, driver, I don't think that that's going to help him in his career in the long term. You have to learn to, to you know, bad things happen to every driver on the race. And, you know, it's, it could happen to you again in the future. It could happen to someone else in the future. It's how you react to what is happening around you that really shows, you know, where you are at as a person and also in terms of your... It just as a person, really, he didn't come. You didn't have to come on radio swearing, saying all that. Given the fact that Pierre Gasly is a more experienced driver than you are, and Pierre Gasly has been performing better than you, 
you have been performing so really and you have a whole team you know seeing all this data and seeing you raise so they know what they're doing i think sometimes you just have to keep it to yourself now lab 61 max was 11th finally manages manages to overtake daniel ricardo who is 10th and i remember max when he over made that overtake he comes on radio and he's like oh thank god <laughs> i think it had taken him a while but um Again, like I said, I don't know what was happening to Daniel Ricardo in that McLaren, but it was not good at all. It was not good at all. Now, lap 62, we are told that Bottas, Valtteri Bottas, has been given a five-place grid penalty at the start of the next race for the incident he caused at Turn 1. So that means after the summer break, when we come back for the Belgian Grand Prix, Valtteri Bottas will serve a five-place grid penalty. Lap 63... We have been seeing this going on. It's Alonso in fourth, Hamilton in fifth, and they are racing really hard. Lewis wants to overtake Alonso. Alonso does not want that to happen. And I think Alonso held off Lewis for like 10 laps, really, or five or eight. But he really held off Lewis for such a long time. I don't know whether it was partly because he was, you know, Alonso was doing it to protect Esteban Ocon, who was, you know, leading the race in but he really held off Lewis and it was two champions fighting it out. And I love the fact that they were very respectful of each, of each other. You know, when Lewis realized he could not make the overtake, he would back out. You know, when, when they came too close for comfort, you know, Lewis would back out or Alonso would, you know, kind of make way so they don't have contact. That's why I really appreciate it. At a point, I was like, I don't know if Lewis knows this, but he would rather, he's better off finishing fifth than not finishing the race at all. But yes, it was a very, very, very tight competition. Now, on lap 65, you know, it had been going on for like 10 laps or so. Lap 50, uh, 65, Lewis was now fourth. Remember, he started 15, 14th. Um, was trying to overtake Alonso still, but Alonso made a tiny mistake. And you never make a mistake with a seven-time world champion behind you who has the desire to take your place. So he made a mistake, and that's when Lewis managed to overtake Alonso. Now, before Lewis overtook Alonso, it was uh, ahead of Alonso was Carlos Sainz, and Carlos Sainz was really having a good time because you know he didn't have to worry about Alonso. Alonso was worried about Hamilton, so for a while there, Sainz could now focus on Vettel. But after the overtake from Lewis on Alonso, Sainz had to worry again. And remember, at this point, Sainz's Sainz's tires were now thirty-two laps old. Lewis's tires were, I think, eighteen laps old, so that was very dangerous for him now lap 67 daniel ricardo in 11th place is lapped 12 uh still around lap 67 lewis and carlos Sainz are fighting for it lewis is fighting for third place from science science is fighting to keep third place but guess what eventually in the 67th lap lewis hamilton overtakes carlos Sainz for third place with veto ahead of him in second and esteban ocon in first place and i remember this i'll never forget this i don't know if anyone has this clip but after Lewis met the overtaken Carlos Sainz, Carlos Sainz was like, <laughs> he was like, he, he sounded frustrated, but very respectfully and, you know, honored. I don't know, frustrated. You know, he, he did it very respectfully, but I think he also saw it coming. He knew he had been warning us about the Mercedes, for goodness sake. He had been warning us. Anyway, it happened, it happened. Then I knew Carlos knew that it was coming anyway. And we all knew. And if Alonso hadn't held off Lewis Hamilton for like those 10 laps, Lewis was going to win the race because if he moved on to Sainz, that was going to... He did... He, I mean, the Sainz overtake didn't take him too long. And then 
if he had had more laps, he would have done it to Vettel, and then probably Ocon, who knows. But anyway, lap 69, Pierre Gasly, who's sixth, pits, and remember, it's 70 laps for the Hungarian Grand Prix. But he pitted in order for him to come out and set the fastest lap, so that Lewis Hamilton doesn't take the fastest lap. Now, when my sister saw this, she was like, why did they have to pay Pierre Gasly? I was like, because he needed to take the fastest lap, and she was like, why? He's in Alpha Tui. But don't forget, the Alpha Tui was once called Toro Rosso, which is Red Bull's junior team, so Anything Red Bull can do to um, take away points from Lewis Hamilton, they will do. And anything Mercedes can do to take away points from Red Bull, they will do. It's called racing. It's called racing. Anyway, we came to the end of the race and uh, it was a pretty interesting, intense race. I hope I described it as perfectly as I could. And um, guess who the driver of the day was? It was Fernando Alonso. He really held off Lewis Hamilton. My goodness, it was close. You know, it was that nail-biting moment. Because I was like, I hope none of them touches and none of them crushes because we can't relieve Silverstone again. Not so soon like this. But yes, that's what happened. And guess what? For the first time in seven races, Mercedes was now ahead of Red Bull. Now, here's the race results. Or should we, No, let's get into the race results first. So, Esteban Ocon won the Hungarian Grand Prix. And I stand to be corrected, but I think this is a fast podium for Alpine Racing. Not for Renault, but for Alpine. Second place was... No, Esteban Ocon won the race. Second place was Sebastian Vettel. Third place, Lewis Hamilton, who began 14th, remember. Fourth place, Carlos Sainz Jr. Fifth place, Fernando Alonso. Sixth place, Pierre Gasly, who also set the fastest lap of the race. Seventh place, Yuki Tsunoda. Eighth place, Nicolas Latifi, who scored the, his very first Formula One points. Ninth place, George Russell. So for the first time in, I think, two years or so, uh, Williams scores points in the World Championship. Tenth place, Max Verstappen. Eleventh place, Kimi Raikkonen. Twelfth place daniel ricardo 13th place mick schumacher this is quite a high finish for him 14th place antonio giovinazzi now the rest of the drivers were out of the race nikita mazepin in 15th 16th lando norris dnf 17th sergio perez dnf 18th lance Stroll dnf 19th charles leclerc dnf 20th valtteri bottas dnf an intense phrase was it right anyway now here are the constructors standing now, leading the constructors is Mercedes-Benz AMG Petronas with 300 points. Second place is Red Bull with 290 points. Third place is McLaren with 163 points. Fourth place is Ferrari with 160 points. Fifth place, Alpine with 75 points. Sixth place, Aston Martin Racing with 66 points. 7th place, Alpha Turi with 64 points. 8th place, Williams Racing with 6 points. 9th place, Romeo, Alpha Romeo Racing with 2 points. And 10th place, Haas with 0 points. When it comes to the driver's standing, it's Lewis Hamilton leading the championship this time around with 192 points. Max Verstappen comes in 2nd with 186 points. Lando Norris is third with 113 points. Valtteri Bottas is fourth with 108 points. Fifth is Sergio Perez with 104 points. Sixth is Charles Leclerc with 80 points. Seventh is Carlos Sainz Jr. with 80 points. 
Eighth is Daniel Ricardo with 50 points. Ninth is Sebastian Vettel with eighth with 48 points. Tenth is Pierre Gazi with 48 points. Eleventh, Ocon with 11 points. Fernando Alonso is 12th. Lance Stroll is 13th with 18 points. Yuki Tsunoda is 14th with 16 points. Nicolas Latifi has 4 points in 15th. George Russell has 2 points in 18th. Kimi Raikkonen has 1 point in 17th. His teammate Antonio Giovinazzi has 1 point in 18th. Mick Schumacher 19th with no point. Nikita Mazepin with no point is 20th. Now, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the Hungarian Grand Prix as much as I enjoyed it because it was an intense, interesting race. And the next time we'll be racing, we'll be in Belgium at Spa for round 12 of the Formula One racing this season. It will be on the 27th of August to the 29th of August. So I hope to see you there. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening in. I hope you had a great time. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you'd like, please leave a review for this podcast and subscribe so that you don't miss anything in the Formula One world. I will see you before we go to Belgium as we talk more about racing. My name is Umar Ruth. Have a good time. Oh, and by the way, if you'd love to get in touch, please don't hesitate to send me an email. Uh, my email address is mbabaziruth77 at gmail.com. That's spelled as M-B-A-B-A-Z-I-R-U-T-H 77 at gmail.com. Or send a message to plus 256-778-96500. On Instagram, my handle is at ZF1Amateur, just like the name of the podcast. On Twitter, my handle is at Formula1Amateur. I will see you then. Bye-bye.